0: Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Sean with us here today, who was born in Taiwan in 1970 and came to the USA when he was 14, which is 1984. He started The Pure Scoop on September 7, 2012. Pierce has been working with the following brands, Michelin USA, Nitro Tire, Yokohana Tire, Jay Leno's Garage, Canyon Filter, AEM, Maguire's Wax, I think I probably said that name wrong, Sean. Maguire's McGuire, McGuire. Wax, Mother's Wax, Adams Polish, Peterson Museum, Rowe Foundation, and many more. Some of the cities Pierce group works with are El Monte, City of Industry, La Puente, La Umbra, and Long Beach. Pierce Group currently supports the following agencies: the Los Angeles Food Bank, LAPD, LASD, LAFD, and the Long Beach PD. In addition to being the founder of the Pierce Group, Sean is a board member for the City of Industry CRIA board, a board member for the Industry Sheriff Youth Activity League, and a board member for the Sheriff Youth Activity, and a board member for the Sheriff Youth Activity League. The vice president of sales and marketing for the Tiger Express. Sean, you are a busy guy. I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely, man. Hey, like I, Sean, like I, am really grateful you're doing this because I think that you have such an incredible story about taking something that you enjoy something you're passionate about and turning it into such an amazing charitable piece. And I'm hoping maybe you can give us a little background before we get into what Purist Group is and, and what it's all about. So you, you come to the USA when you're 14 years old and you are, you get your first job, you're 15, you're working at an ice cream place, and then you actually leave home, you said, when you're 17. And when did, when did giving really become part of who you are in your life?
1: So, uh, of course, I have a lot of friends that influenced me from before, and they're the, they're the big givers in the community. And so, uh, but at the time, like, like I said, when I was younger, I don't understand why giving is such an important part in a person's life until recent, recent decades. So I'm 50 this year. So I don't understand the meaning of helping others about maybe 12, 13 years ago, you know? Of course, that's when, you know, sometimes you have a, a solid group of friends, they will actually mentor you and help you and lead you onto the right directions. So I met a couple of guys that they're really into giving. Uh, they, they, they It's like, it's kind of like going to a job that you know nothing about a job. You gotta have a good boss that I say, this is how you do it. This is how you screw up, screw up ice cream. This is how you make a profit. And later on, when you get older, you might own an ice cream shop, right? Mm-hmm. So same thing, doing charity, you have to understand what's your product? What's, what group of people that you're trying to influence? And why are you doing it? Are you doing it for, a lot of people doing it for the cloud too. Are you doing it for the fame? Or doing it because, oh, I have a foundation. You know, uh, uh, what's your purpose, real agenda that you want to do it? So, Uh, Of course, influence from friends and mentors are very, very important uh, at that point. Uh, When I was younger, also, I was abused as a kid by both my parents. And uh, that kind of makes me more focused on helping kids because kids are 100% innocent. Like I said, we as adults adult, we have choice. Uh, We can choose today to go sleep on the street or uh, to do drug or not to do drug. You know, when I was 17, I ran away from home. I have nothing. I have nothing but uh, a pair of jeans and a T-shirt. because that day was a very bad day for me because, you know, um, when I was a kid, I was abused by my dad since five until 14. So at 14, my dad doesn't want me anymore. So he uh, got rid of me. So that's why I left Taiwan and came to the United States. When I came to the United States, from five to 14, my dreams to me my mom. I figured my mom's gonna be able to save me away Mm -hmm. from my dad's abuse. And uh, when I met my mom, my mom, uh, at first of all, of course, it was okay. I'll be, you know, a hug and kisses. Uh, a few months down the road, she told me, like, I don't really want you. And uh, that's why I left you when you we are five. And uh, from there from there on, uh, I came here when I was 14. I, I ran away from home when I was 17. The next three, two uh, two and a half years become pretty hell. Pretty crazy for me because I couldn't digest it. Why is my, my whole life trying to meet my mom and my mom doesn't want me? She never physically abused me. My dad was the physical one. But... But because you anticipate, you have so much hope to see her. Uh, she basically just smashed your, just just smash your hope into pieces and just throw it back in your face, telling you that I really don't want you, and that's why I left you. And uh, and but you know, your dad paid me a lot of money, and that's why we taking care of you. Uh, that's that was a big shock for me, uh, really, really big shock. And plus, of course, she was drinking a lot of alcohol at the time, uh, and she was on a lot of prescription drugs for high blood pressure, heart attack, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so I up to absolutely have no confidence. I hated the environment I was in and I don't know where I pick up the courage just to stand up and walk away. So I just decided to like, let's mm. uh, say I, I just the environment I can no longer live in this environment and, uh, I just have to get out. So without notifying any of them, I basically just walk away. One day I just to walk away and stop sleeping in the park. Then back in the day, there's no cell phone. There's no pagers. So my friend, let's say assume, uh, I'm gonna go play basketball with you tomorrow. I never showed up, uh, never let you know. And a few days later, I never call you. Uh, you're gonna be like, something's wrong with Sean. Let's check on him. Uh, so a lot of my friends start calling my my mom's house. Uh, my mom told him that he walked away. <laughs> it's just mm. uh, she- yeah. Then my friends started now searching for me and found me in a park. And, and and that's when I started to live with one, live in a garage with one of my friends. Actually, live at my one of my friend's garage, uh, on his couch. Uh, from there on, uh, later on, I started looking for a job, uh, work at McDonald, work as a busboy, work as a uh, waiter. I just whatever whatever means I can to make money,
0: you know, um, on their own until where I am today, you know. Sean what is it about you? Because I think that's such an incredible story. And I, and I feel like, like so many people would have gone a different route than you. They would have taken that abuse and they would have used it as a chip on their shoulder about why life is cruel, why life's unfair and why they ended up going a completely different path. But you went through that abuse and you turned it into something where you've now built this amazing a platform of giving what is it about you that I mean was there like a conscious choice you were making with that where you were saying I'm not going to let this define my life was it the people that you had around you what what, what is it
1: so um to be honest when I ran away from home I hang around with the wrong crowd because hmm. I had a lot of anger inside of me. anger is like if you're abandoned I mean you gotta know I'm 50 so when I was 20 I, I'm definitely not mentally healthy like I am right now right so I've been abused, I've been abandoned. There's no way you're gonna walk out of a situation and go, hey, I'm gonna pick myself up and let's do this. You know, and plus I have no religion belief. Um I have friends, but we're about the same age. We're 17, 18 year old kids, you know. we <laughs> what can we do, right? Yeah. So I I I used to fight a lot on the street. I just I have I, I just start stuff for no reason. What changed me was actually I had a first mentor, he was my boss. So I I actually need money right so two dollars and two uh, minimum wage is two 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 twenty 245 an hour whatever barely surviving uh or 275 but, but you can google in nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight. 88 was a minimum wage back then it was no more than three dollars i think you know every time you, i remember when i work at in mcdonald every time the, the the salary adjustment is five cents 10 cents <laughs> or 25 cents that was that was the increment uh so i worked at mcdonald but the problem is they don't give you a full eight-hour schedule. Like, nine o'clock at night, you had to work at 2 a.m. because you got to clean up. It's called a closing. You had to clean it up and do stocking uh, because all the all the, all the inventory comes in at night. You had to move them from the truck back into your fridge. And, uh, you know, uh, so I need to find a real job. So I went out and, and, and looked for a job. Uh, but the problem is I ran away from home. I only have a high school degree. So uh, I wasn't even going to college at all. I was, you know, so I was looking for regular, uh, I, I you know, I, I went to factory to work as a, we carry bag of cement, you know, on our back. Uh, and also the funny thing about, it, I was working with hazardous material. Now, I, now as in what I know now, Oh my God, that company should get shut down a long time ago. There's no mask. There's no protective gear. I was carrying corrosive stuff on my back. I was sitting like this close to a huge, uh, power amplifier it's just crazy uh so i found this job as a forklift driver and delivery boy uh i decided to apply for it so salary was eleven hundred dollars a month uh at the time it was a lot think about it eleven hundred dollars a month compared to three dollars an hour so uh it's pretty far it's a it, it's a it's a lax and at the time my only transportation was an 80 cc honda scooter so mm. technically you couldn't take the freeway and, and also back in the day there's no 105 freeway to the airport so mm-hmm. uh every day I would take local street and there's no navigation you have to look at I don't know if you know there's a thing called Thomas guy it's a big book of a map. you had to look through local street and 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 every 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 stop you have to open up oh yeah I'm gonna make a left at the next one just and, and just to find your way to get to your first interview then for like next few months when I, when I, I finally, okay, I got, I got to the interview. I, I I got a job as a, as a delivery boy and forklift driver. Then, um, and, and, and I was riding my scooter, ADCC scooter to work every day, you know, rain or shine. But you know, that was, that was, you know, sometimes I think back, that was a very good time of my life, you know. So, so my boss, first boss, his name, is Nick, unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. He's like my real father. Um, so he teach me, go, you have you gotta know, I I was a really bad kid. So I was you know, just a lot of anger issue. I I I had a fight with people in the office. Um I smashed things around. But he ne- I mean he should have fired me a long time ago. So but he never did. Uh he so he say because to save money, I used to buy twelve pack of hot, hot dog. I think it was like a dollar twenty nine at a time. But you just put in bun, just eat it. So, you know, uh the work the, the place I I rent was a hundred dollars something a month. 125, 150, it's, uh, it's basically just a room with one twin bed and I finally saved up enough money to buy a microwave which is that time it was quite expensive. I think it was like 150 or something like that, mm. but that was an investment. I bought that, the first money I saved was I bought that in a, in a fridge, a small fridge. You know, so I buy, I buy cheese and ketchup and, and a lot of hot dogs and a lot of buns and just puts in there. Those are, just, those are just what I eat every day and spend, and instant noodle you know
0: wow and
1: yeah that's just, that's what i did i i I, yeah, I had a microwave and that was basically my whole setup that's just a place where i go sleep and take a shower and go back to work every day um so uh so yeah I, when i was going to fight with other staffs he didn't just say hey you're fired you're this and that uh, he actually called me over and told me what not to do uh later on um, he sees that i'm i'm not very healthy and he actually started bringing me lunch every day, and he treated me like his own son. Um, I w- I didn't start appreciating until I get older. I at first I was like, well, why do you do this for me? I don't I don't eat your food. I, you know I'm just being a you know a douche douchebag. Uh, as it, as I said as the older I get, I go like, wow, people like that are extraordinary. They they you know they they real. I mean, he influenced me the most. You know, he gave me love. He gave me love that I don't have that. To- of love for my own parents and, and, and you're gonna know on top of that I've been having fights with staffs in the office and smashing up computers and stuff like that. You know? I mean if if I have staff that works for me like that, bye there's just no question. You know and he, he, you. He, he Yeah he,
0: he loved you through yeah. that.
1: yeah and and yeah he changed me. So uh, so that that has a lot of influence on my life. Huge amount of influence, you know.
0: So that's so incredible. So you, you go through, you leave home, you have this abusive upbringing and then you, you're navigating the image of you on your little scooter with the big Thomas guy that cracks me up. We're trying to navigate through the streets of LA job. And then you're still in this kind of bad crowd. You are acting up at work, but you have this guy who, who just chooses to love you, chooses to enter you, chooses to look at you. And then, so at some point now, you, you start to get things going, and then you end up uh, forming an affinity for cars, you get into cars, like, how, how does that all come into play? So, uh, for, for, of course, a few years after that,
1: I started, uh, upgrading from an 80cc scooter I bought for a few hundred bucks to a bigger bike. But, but motorcycle is too cheaper in car, don't get me wrong. So I bought a used bike uh, for about, like, thousand something, it's a uh-huh. 600cc motorcycle. Um, back in the day, there's no helmet law, so we're riding without a helmets. you know it was cool because my whole life, I love motorcycles. i think it, till today I still do i get, I think it give you a sense of freedom and my first bike a big bike was a Honda a cbr r six hundred and uh bought that bike I bought that bike without knowing how to ride a uh a clutch uh, a manual bike. It was pretty really crazy because uh so I rode that uh slowly. Then I started falling in love with speed, you know, motorcycle speed, you know, and uh, we started riding it faster and faster. And I started racing motorcycle, believe it or not, a -hmm. little little down the road. Uh, uh, So from there on, that motorcycle, my relationship with motorcycle and speed. Later on, of course, after I retired from racing motorcycle, which I had two major crashes on racetracks that almost kill me. One's at 140 miles an hour, the other one was like 110 something. Wow. both on racetrack. Yeah, my whole body was broken into pieces. Um, so I on I and said, Nah, I think I better just stay away from my motorcycle a little bit. Uh, I'm still paying for the price today because it's just when the weather changes, it's so painful. Uh, then I decided to just like uh, go learn how to drive cars. So one night uh, I was out driving cars. Um, very i mean i bumped into a bunch of uh, car guys in the canyons uh they were driving and just from my racing motorcycle background i couldn't keep up i was like wow you know people can do that with cars it's pretty amazing so uh so finally i would go to the same spot day after day night after night and finally i got to meet that group of people and start talking to them so that's how i got into cars driving cars so basically i went out and bought a exactly the same cars that they have, which is a very low horsepower car. It's like 80 horsepower at a time. It's called a Toyota AE86, And uh, I bought that car and started driving with them. And that's when I started, my passion for cars started coming in. Mm. You know, yeah. And then from there on, and leads to, I started I, about maybe 15, 16, 17 years ago, when I was in 30-ish, when I was making uh, comfortable money, and I started doing some hardcore racing, for cars, uh, doing time attacks, doing drifting, uh, then and from there on, then got involved in the you know car world, and, uh, and fell in love with cars ever since then. I still have a lot of love for motorcycle. Just, just believe it or not, uh, my favorite bike right now, it's actually not a sports bike. It's actually you know Honda. You know Honda actually heard my story. They gave me a motorcycle. Did <laughs> really? Yeah. So it was on a national campaign. It's called Earn Your Wing. So it's like angel earning the wings. Oh, so awesome yeah it was it was like it was like it was a surprise campaign, so what happens they they, they just like what you are doing? They interview me on spot, they have the camera on, talk about pure, talk about yourself and uh, because I get invited now to a lot of different car events to drive the car, and people want to film me and talk about the car, and say, how do you feel about our car? How do you feel about our products? I figured something like that right yeah so yeah. at the at the end of the shoot uh, three- three ladies stand up stood up and say we're from american honda we heard your story we know about you and uh, what you have done is extraordinary we have this program called earn your wing so we would like to give you a honda going the honda going is like it's a thirty-five thousand dollar motorcycle it's a, it's like a Rolls Royce. it's like have you seen those big bike with a luggage and yeah, uh yeah it was a stereo system and everything and that's my favorite bike now it's like every it's incredible yeah and and honda i mean i'm not plugging honda but Look at their uh, commercial. They don't talk about car specs. They talk about the helpful Honda people. They go out and help other people. you know. And so when you see Honda as a brand, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I love that brand. They're contributing back to the community. So it's yeah, me and Honda, so...
0: So Sean, I want to get into that purist group. So what is purist group? So you, you're, you, you went from motorcycle racing, you, you wisely walked away from it after two crashes, you know, one near-death experience wasn't enough. It took you two. You, you learned the lesson, <laughs> you go to cars, and now you are, you, you fall in love with the car world and then you create purist group. So just what is purist group and what was it in, initially? And then what has it involved, in, or evolved into to today? Okay.
1: So originally Pure started with a bunch of car guy. We have about maybe in my group of at the time about maybe forty people as hardcore into cars. It's my closest friend. But we love driving, but we a lot of them inside of a uh, that, that group of people, they don't have access to a lot of information on the like tire information, suspension setup, right? There's a, back in the day the car group, car people always has a missing link. Like you wanna find out, like even for you, you wanna find out something, you wanna build a car. Uh let's say you wanna build a tacoma truck, you know. You have to ask a lot of people who has already done it. Then they might not even do it right. So what kind of lift kits do you use? What kind of suspension? What kind of supercharger? What kind of tire? Uh, what kind of lights? What kind of bed liner or uh look cover you use that won't leak? You know, these type of things. So what if we can have a platform, okay? This is like 12 years ago, that I can get you in there. You can talk to the people who make those products. Let them tell you what's the benefit of using this and and without any uh without any uh commercial reason right so if a commercial reason means if i want to sell you this i would do whatever t- to tell you that this thing's so great for you this would uh, this will but this will make your hair turn, uh, turn black and overnight type of thing and you know that's just people trying to sell your product for people that makes the product most likely they will tell you so this is my benefit of my tire compared to similar size to other people, there's less noise. There's more tractions. Uh, uh, this longevity might be better, uh, or this is the difference between my lights and other people's lights. You know, you get a you get a get idea directly from the horse's mouth. So at the time, I know the driver side of thing. I also know people who manufacture the parts. So that's when the pure started was like integrated both into together. It's like a close group that. Mm. You get access to information and makes your car a better driving car or better overall car by using different products on there. So that's how Pure started purely as a very hardcore car guys. Uh, 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 how do you say? It? Uh, not a, not really a form, but just uh, association. You know. Uh, later, on, I found out more and more people coming in, and they're all very. Uh, they're all major industry business owner, and I decided to do a our very first toy drives uh, back in the days. And, uh, you know, but of course, uh, believe it or not, the first toy drive is not really my idea. It was actually, you know, our mutual mm-hmm. friends, good idea, uh, you know, and he started with Charlie White similar years. Uh, then he goes like, I want to do a toy drive, you know, and that's what we did it. And uh, it was such a big success. A lot of car people come. Um, uh, but we've been doing other stuff prior to that for disaster relief and stuff like that. So, so uh, I found out there's a, there's, there's a good group of synergy people that willing to offer the resource to help out for a good cause, mm. and that's why we start doing hurricane relief. We start doing helping out the homeless. We start helping all the kids doing back to school backpacks. We start doing the toy drive. Toy drive become our regular thing for the past nine years. Uh, you know, that's our tradition. Then, then we then we start helping the local police. Um, you know, on their own. You know, every year we donate three thousand backpacks fully packed with stuff. And that's 3,000 kids going back to school. That's pretty awesome. And right now we start doing prom dresses and prom shoes. I never right. had some. Yeah, I never saw, you'd be surprised how many kids they wanna to go to prom. I'm the one of those kid, I wanna to go to prom. I can't because well, I got my mom that doesn't wanna give me the money to go for it. Prom are expensive. Think about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. See, look, if you have a, you have, if you have a kid now, uh, or he or she wants to go back to prom, shoes, well, 40 $50. Uh, clothing, hundred bucks, you know. Uh, then the pictures, right? Transportation. The bare minimum is four, five hundred
0: dollars. Wow. To go to prom. Yeah. Sean Think about how many how many toys would you estimate that you guys have collected and then distributed to kids over the years now? Every oh okay, every year right now minimum we
1: collect is probably about twelve to thirteen thousand pieces. On a good year we have twenty eight thousand pieces. Wow. So the difference is a lot of people collect those toys they just give it to like one agency say we're done and they post on social media say oh we did it we did a big toy drive and they usually ended up one single kick is like five ten toys they just trying to do it to get to get you know the the theme yeah. of it you see it for what we do is uh, for pure we don't take cash donations we don't take merchandise donations so all the events and all the costs and all the, all the, all the, all the, everything that has cost has comes out from my pocket. I never get money from anybody else, right? I just decide to buy one of these toys a year or buy a little bit, you know, I don't really need that many cars. So that able to, that money, I say, able to use it for, to help the community do so much greater good, you know? Um, So, so we, so we hand deliver almost every single toys out. To every all the kids, so that's that's my fulfillment. Now every year, my best time is Christmas. I am really like Santa Claus. I go to you saw my Instagram. We go like Instagram is just a small part of it. Trust me. And there's certain area we go, we can't even film. They don't allow us to film like uh, orphanage. They don't they don't want the kids to be on there. Uh, we only uh, film maybe like one tenth what we're doing, you yeah. know, uh, uh, because certain people just don't want to be on camera, which is we have to respect that. Um, go to their houses. Go to neighborhoods. Central truck with the police escorted. They light up the siren and all the kids start coming out. Uh, it, it, it's funny. They light up a siren. Adults run away. The kids running out. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously, it was kind of funny. Next this year, oh uh, I don't know about this year, but this year's tough. Uh, this year and next year, I got to take you on this. It's pretty. It's pretty yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, love to. You know, Sean i i I shared this with you beforehand you're seriously one of you're one of my heroes your 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 social media Mm -hmm. posts are so my absolute favorite to see like every time i see them i am literally moved to tears by them because i just see the generous and the compassion in your heart generosity in your heart and like i i see how much you hustle with it and how much you work and how much you put in and how many you know like i've seen the I've watched the chronicles of days where you're going from place to place to place to place, passing out toys and living in Southern California, knowing Southern California traffic. I know that's not <laughs> as simple as hopping in the car and just going down the street to go to the grocery oh, no. store, that you're, you're, you're logging yeah. in hours and hours in between bumper to bumper traffic to do these types of things. And to see that you're, you continually evolve it from not just toys, but backpacks to prom dresses too all the two doing benefits for disaster organizations. So all these other things. I think it's so incredible. And the reason I so appreciate you and your story is because your story has the ability really to be just about anybody's story, you know, to go from an abusive, abusive home, running away at 17, sleeping on the park, falling in with the wrong crowd, you know, working for below minimum wage, riding some old bike to navigate around town, just to go to a job that was far away, to being in a job that you're not adjusting well, so you're picking fights, you're destroying property, but you find that person who finds love in you, believes in you, and and then you go and you're finding these other people to mentor you along the way. It's just so absolutely incredible to hear that. So Sean, you know, in the interest of time, I have so much more I want to ask you, but what, what is, I'm going to ask you two final questions. What's, what's next for Purist? How do you see purist group growing in terms of where you're going to reach? I know you mentioned the prom stuff and everything like what else is, do you have a a bigger vision for what kind of giving you want to do? And then the second piece I want to ask you is just a final question is for people watching and listening right now, who who have something they're passionate about, who have wanted to do more, who have wanted to give back, who want to pursue charitable endeavors of their own, what's the best way for them to begin? Okay, so first question is, uh, Pure's been
1: around for almost a decade now. We help a lot of people. I'm 50 this year, so uh, I have a lot of, uh, Pure's is not just myself, you gotta know. uh, My concept on living and helping others The influence of you know uh gets it like you right so if i would call you say come out and i need i need i need i need some diaper for the kids you would send it over so people understand my 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 purpose and what i want to do with pierce now so we have no problem getting resource but now today i'm 50 years old and uh i, I gotta prepare pierce for, for 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 one day i'm no longer here who's gonna run Pures? how is it gonna go so we actually are slowly doing that reorganization of purists and make uh uh possibly making a foundation and start influence uh the next generation of people to help them to have them start leading purists when I'm no longer here. You know, uh Pure's right now you're gonna know it's not just an organization in the United States. We actually in Asia, in Taiwan, which is where I'm from, uh constantly helping other people. You know, remember we were sending toys to Tibet to, to the monks? We're sending uh, toys to uh, orphanage in Taiwan uh constantly and and things like that. The idea about pures it's not so much about organization it's about it's a mindset. you know today you and me walk down the street we saw a dog a dog on the street of suffering. Normal people would help the dog to say, "Hey, let me try to save the dog see what happens now let 's think about that's as a human being." Uh, being doing what we're doing right now, is a simple, basic as a human being. You know, mm. I really don't. Uh, the first question, and second question, I'll answer it together because uh, why? Thing I'm doing is because I have the time and ability to do it. You know, and then what? If you have the time and ability to do it, then why don't you? Uh, a lot of stuff that we're doing right now is not require a lot of money. You know, sometimes require one or two phone calls. You know, uh, let's assume you wanna you wanna help people get ten diapers, call ten people make a commitment to yourself uh then go pick up the diaper and send it over yourself you know it all started from there i i never anticipated peers become such a uh, we never pay for advertising we never pay for um any followers anything everything is very natural you know uh because i believe that's the way it should be we never want to be popular because of what we're doing you know we're very popular now we're, we're very well known because we're doing the right thing and people have no bones to pick you know, it's ten years now. If if you're doing it for the wrong agenda, people will start. and eh, those guys are doing it for the you know different reason. People will know. So, be pure in your heart and do the right thing. That's just that's just that simple. Um, it's simple. It's a simple fact. That a lot of people tend to forget. You know, when we're born as a kid, we don't have that much crazy thoughts. Um, oh, this is a good guy. That's a bad guy. does no? We never label people when we're a kid. You know, five years old, ten years old, you're not gonna be able to know. Oh, I don't think that guy's a good guy. No, we treat everybody the equal. I want to bring the mindsets of people to that to that stage and make sure they're helping people because they're people, not because you know a lot of people want to help people because they wanted something else out of it. But the the only thing to be a pure is about helping other people without expecting anything out of it, just because you could. You know, so that kind of that kind of links up the first and second questions. Uh, so future of kind yes, uh, it's gonna, this is the first year I thought about turning purists into a foundation. Uh, but again, we never fundraise, so I turned the foundation simply for formality reason. Because if I die one day, I can donate, you know, I have a lot of cars, right? I have, like, a lot of cars. So maybe I'll sell part of them and the proceeds donate into my own foundations and continue to run even though I'm not here. You know, we have a lot of moderators that, that spend their time voluntarily. We have about 10 people on about uh, globally, we have about maybe 12, 13 people. That's what you see, they all volunteer at the time. Every time we, you know, every time we have events, 10,000 people coming. You know, uh, my, me, myself, not able to manage that. Like, it's just, it's a lot, a lot of the, they all offer their expertise, they offer their trucks, they offer their own time, they offer their warehouses. Uh, to create this Peer's logistic network and to help Peer's to thrive and serve his agenda. You know, I have a very good friend. His name is Jackie. He's next door. He, his warehouse is refrigerated. And that refrigerator has temperature control. So a lot of food product right now will come in. We are still bring food product today. He's sending out his own truck to pick it up for me and put it back in his warehouse with no charge. And he's paying for his own gas. He's paying for his staff. He's I'm using his warehouse space. And this is the type of people you want to associate yourself with. But it it but it doesn't just come like that, you know. If I don't know you, you don't know me. I go, hey Jesse, uh, uh, I I want to I I want to use your space. I want to use your home without paying you. What do you think? You're gonna be like, I don't even know you. But after you start rep, your reputation on the market is good, uh, then people would more than willing to help you because most I believe people's inside their heart, they are, they still have a lot of goodness within them. Sometimes it just got layered up because. Yeah. They encounter so many crabs out there. They have to protect themselves on that layer to come out. But, but deep inside of us, if you look down inside, without the fancy clothing, without our circle or surrounding of rich and famous people, we are the simple us. You know. Yeah. That's what being. That's what being pure. The people say, be pure, be pure. That's what being pure is all about. You know. There's nobody was born evil. Zero. I don't think anybody, when they're infant, they're born as from a kid. like, right? first where they go like, I'm going to go and shoot somebody. No, it's like nobody. You know, People are innocent and, and, and kind when they started. It means their life, their influence on the light, their how they encounter in life later on, influence, they become a good person or bad person. And we simply going to try our best to help those person to come back and see the good in themselves. And that's what Pierce is all about. Goes back to second questions. You just have to be very clear on your agenda. If you're really, really solid on your agenda that you really wanted to help people people will see it people will see it people will start jumping in and help you you know peers right now a us alone have eight thousand members that's we select we select them we don't let anybody come in, in we're very very carefully selecting every members and you cannot buy our stickers most people would love to sell stickers people ask for stickers we don't give it give them out you have to come to our charity event to earn that sticker i'll give you the sticker for free i'll give it myself to you for free uh, just thank you for being part of it but you have to be at our charity events so now that become a hot thing people like it's like it's like some, some people collect t-shirts Like, oh I went to this event I collect this t-shirt oh I went to a Coachella I have the Coachella t-shirt yeah. so but now people want that pure sticker to be on the car they want to show they, they participate in a charity event they earn that stickers so you know sticker cost me 25, 30 cents each you know every guy that come in I give him 2 or 3 stickers like a dollar so let's say we have 100 cars show up it's 100 bucks but that hundred bucks of hundred people showing up, the toys we get, the diapers, the supplies we get, oh my God, it's tens of thousands of dollars. And they're proud of to put that sticker on their car. And when they put that sticker on the car, they go to event, they go to car community, people look at it and go, wow, you have that sticker on that. You know, everybody, everybody, everybody's proud of it to put that sticker on there. That's why you never want to sell it. People say, why don't you sell it? And, uh, this is better. You know, small money you exchange for big favors, you know,
0: Sean. So, so that's it. Dude, that's incredible. Everyone, what an inspiring guy. This is, I think that there's, there's so much that we can glean from this from maybe you share some of your own story in it coming from humble beginnings, running away from home, dealing with the idea of being homeless, falling into a rough crowd, making poor decisions to realizing that you have a choice in what path your life goes and right. to follow that life choice, to follow that path and to start to, you know, there's a couple of key things too in here, not just for the charity thing, for, for business and life, finding mentors, surrounding yourself with people who take interest. And then you heard what he said, he kept going back over and over and over again, asking people, getting to know, becoming a familiar, leading from a place of service and value, and then turning it into this amazing organization. Now that's delivered tens of thousands of toys to kids all over the world who's diversifying into backpacks for his kids, over 3,000 backpacks, fully loaded every year, prom dresses, everything else. And Sean, knowing that he's the humble guy he is, I don't even think that's probably a fraction of everything that they do do. <laughs> you know, we didn't even get into what he does with the, the different law enforcement organizations and all these other things. There's so much good stuff this guy's doing. And he, he, he articulated why. It's about being kind, being a good human being, being a decent human being, doing the right person. You know, so often in life, we go through life with the anticipation and well, what, what's in it for me if I do this versus just, just considering for a second of how can we choose we instead of me? How can we choose to give? How can we choose to be kind? Imagine if everyone woke up that day and, and had the notion of how can I be a better human being today? How can I give to someone else's life? How can I be the light for someone else? How can I, how can I be the the inspiration for another human being? What kind of world that would be? Yeah, I love what Sean said, and I share the same belief that nobody was born evil. We weren't born bad, that we we learn it. And just the same as we may learn those types of things or learn to do bad things, we can also learn to give more, to be more generous, to be more kind, to be more loving, to do the right thing. And I think Sean's story speaks loudly to the notion that if it's on your heart to do it, to do it. Don't let the other ideas of this or this or this or this to stop you. You know, it's the small things every day that really make the biggest difference down the road. Uh, and I mean it when I say it, Sean is seriously one of the most inspiring people I followed on social media. It's because it's not just because of what he does. It's because of who he is. And you can see that in just evidence and how he shows up here. So Sean, this has been incredible, man. Thank you so much for sharing. What a blessing this has been. And and, yeah, dude, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, buddy. See you soon. We'll see you next time, everybody on another edition of a handful of hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you are finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to.